feel like sometimes life is really mental. Dude, that's actually a really good name for a podcast. <laughs> Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. Why should I have stressful friendships? So I started like filtering out in that way and to the point where I finally like have a group of friends that I'm just completely comfortable around and happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Really Mental. Today we have an amazing guest, Benji Kroll. Can everyone listening please go rate this podcast five stars and listen, follow on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Instagram, YouTube, anywhere that you listen to a podcast, go and listen and rate it five stars, please. Now I wanted to start this off with Will asking you about your journey with social media. I think that when I started using social media, like it can definitely be a place where lots of comparisons can happen. And I think that in the context of, you know, growing up in high school and stuff, it can be used to sort of compare what people are doing. For me personally, I think that I noticed sometimes I was getting too caught up in the scroll and losing track of time, just going through my social media. And I'd find I'd get angry or jealous at some people when I'd do that. So my journey with social media has sort of been mindfully using it now, obviously, to promote the podcast, my music, to interact with you all at the mental family. I have to use it. And so I do use it. I just try to be super mindful because I think that it can be a place where it's really easy to compare. You know, the the term fear of missing out, that's something that I think a lot of people our age will have experienced at some point, whether it's seeing your friends at a festival you wish you went to. You can minimize the effects of it though, if you choose to use it mindfully and like schedule out time for when you're using it, make sure you're not really going over that period because it can be easy to get sucked into it. We're going to speak more today with Benji about this topic, also about what it's like to get criticism online, uh, which you may have experienced before, whether it's just one person or in Benji's case, thousands of people. And also remembering how to appreciate the people who do value you, which for Benji is a lot of humans, hopefully listening to this podcast today. So with that in mind, Harry, I'm going to kick it to you before we start things off. Have you had any experiences with social media that you wanted to note before we got into it? Yeah, I think definitely I've had my experience and I get a lot of anxiety from social media and all the expectations to always put out content and the expectations for things to get a certain amount of likes or certain amount of follows or certain amount of like shares. I think that those analytics I've kind of like learned to like separate myself from because social media is just a tool to connect. And then apart from that, it isn't real life. And it's so close to real life that it feels like it is, but it's not. And I think reminding yourself that it's not is really important. Yeah. I would say definitely being a creator on social media can be hard just off the back of that. It can be difficult with this constant stats and the likes as a way to sort of measure ourselves or our worth. And that's really another trap. And that can be really tough. It can be anxiety inducing to post a photo because you want it to get a certain amount of people who validate us or myself. So that can be really tough. Hopefully with this podcast, we can create more of a platform where you can see sort of the people behind the photos and understand that it's not you that is just going through this. So with that in mind, let's welcome Benji to the podcast. If you're listening and you enjoy this conversation, please send it to a friend, maybe your friend group chat, and let's kick things off. 
Just want to let everyone know that we have an Amazon AMP show every Sunday at 7 p.m. PT and 10 p.m. ET with amazing guests similar to the podcast. Please go check out the Amazon AMP app and follow us at Really Mental. We'll see you guys there. So Benji, welcome to Really Mental. Hello. Can you please describe yourself for people who don't know you? Number one, my name is Benji Kroll. I'm basically a TikToker slash YouTuber. I make content about makeup, traveling, just my life in general. And I really love to travel, obviously. Yeah, I think that's a good introduction. <laughs> I hope it is. Amazing introduction. <laughs> How would you describe your mental health at the moment? I would say it's a lot better than it has been in the past. Like, obviously, there's days where I'm like, no, Benji, you're not okay. Like, this is not good. But then I like think about the fact that like I was way worse in the past. So I'm way better now than like I was in the past. So good. I would say pretty good. And how do you feel in terms of, are you happy? If you could use one word to describe your mental health at the moment, what would it be? I would say stabilizing, maybe. Nice. Yeah. That's a good word. I like that. I think it's a, a good way to describe it. I'm interested by that. Like, I want to elaborate on the one word. Now, it kind of defeats the purpose of the question. But when you say stabilizing, like, what do you mean by that in your day-to-day life? I think, like, in the past, like, it was all over the place. And in a way that, like, I couldn't control, you know, like, it was affecting my day-to-day in a way that, like, I didn't know if, like, the whole day I would be, like, completely okay. You know, like, how we're seeing, like, our audios going, like, a little up and down every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that would be like my mental health throughout the day, which it shouldn't be yeah. like that. Like that should be like throughout like days, you know, now I think like I'm like getting more control of it and like keeping it at a level that like is comfortable for me that I can like just go out through my day to day without like having to worry like, will I be okay for the whole day, you know? Love that. Well, happy to say and it's safe to say that you're the first person to use that word to describe it. And I think it's a really good choice. <laughs> I think being stable, that's sort of like an underrated trait. You know, like we talk a lot Mm -hmm. about happiness and like the extremes and sadness, but like stableness sort of goes with contentment. Like, I feel like it's a little underrated. I think, I feel like everyone's always like, oh, you have to be happy. You have to be happy. I want to be happy all the time. But like, I just want to be stable, you know, like I'm fine with being a little sad. I just don't want it to like affect my whole life. You know, being sad is good and normal as long as you have control over it, you know? So I'm fine with like having all my emotions as long as like they're not ruining my life. (laughs) Facts. Facts. How's your mental health at the moment, Harry? Can we get one word from you? Yeah. Yes. Oh, one, the one word thing's tricky. Now I'm in the position of like you guys Mm -hmm. and it's like actually quite hard. (laughs) I'm happy we're doing this to you. (laughs) It's a little put on the spot. (laughs) One word to describe my mental health at the moment. I would say a roller coaster. Okay. Okay. Like kind of like the opposite to Benji in a sense. I want to use two words, but I'll hyphenate it like a stable roller coaster. Ups and downs all the time, but it's like they're like mitigated. You know what I mean? They're not extreme ups and downs, but they're like small ups and downs all the time. But it like throughout the day, you know what I mean? Your peaks and your lows aren't enough where you're like huge rise to the top and a huge fall. It's enough to sort of be balanced. I'm not like happy as shit, but I'm not like sad as shit. Like I'm kind of like in between like Mm. this section, but they're happening frequently throughout the day. So that's where I call like add the roller coaster part in. Um, What about you, Will? Yeah, well, I think that's really interesting. And um, we're going to have really good chat, I know, because 
we can talk about the difference between the two of you with that. Uh, I can relate to being in both of those states. I think at the moment, I probably let myself, I want to say, I'm going to say grateful. I've been spending a lot of time focusing on gratitude today. And I would say overall recently, thriving. I would say thriving. It's, it has been a really good start to the year for me. Maybe one of my best in many years, especially recently. So I have to say that I've been really enjoying life, of course, over the period of a couple months. I always find that say out of a four week period, I'll have a couple days where I'm like, damn, like something will happen or there'll be some obstacle to overcome. Yet I'm grateful for the fact that I've been able to keep perspective. And I think that's what has led me to that word thriving because even throughout those times, I've still been able to keep my head afloat and just get back up and just keep pouncing. That's so good. And it's great to hear that you're having a good start to the year. Thanks, man. I wanted to ask Benji before all of this whole social media blow up, what made you want to start social media? I don't know. It was kind of like a slow integration into it because like at first I kind of started social media because I really liked photography and like filming like nature and posting pictures of nature. So I like started a photography account. I ended up just like getting so used to using social media on a day to day that it just became like something I would just do as part of my everyday life, you know? And then when I wanted to like properly use it seriously, like before I would just like post things about my life, right? Like everyone does. And then when I wanted to start like making content in general, like stuff that wasn't just about my normal day-to-day life, I think I started it because social media gave me a spot where I could put like all the ideas that would show up in my head and I could like show a side of me that I wouldn't show in real life, you know, if that makes sense. And I feel like It gave me a way to explore who I was as a person by making different types of videos that didn't have to do with my normal life, you know? And so what age did you start? Using it just like normally, probably around like 14, the Vine era, you know, and properly like using it like to show who I am, like around 18, I'd say. Okay, cool. Putting yourself out there on social media can kind of be daunting because you're putting yourself out there for external judgment. How have you dealt with that? And what made you want to put yourself out there for other people to see and I guess put their opinion on? Even when my photography account, like I was so scared about like people at my school, like because everyone else would just post like pictures with like at the lake with their friends. And I would just be like posting a mountain, which I guess is like pretty like normal. But like in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm not posting what every other kid in my school is posting so I felt like a little bit worried about being judged but it kind of went away slowly as I just kept posting and realized like this like online world isn't real and like there isn't any point in caring about it I convinced myself that like this online world is like a completely separate world and I have complete control about like who I am on it so I shouldn't let my worry for the real world dictate how I act on this like alternate world you know if that makes sense I don't oh, know. that's yeah. so interesting. I sometimes think of it like that. Yeah. It is. It is really weird in that sense because you can create a different facade. It's almost like you get to choose your player. Yeah, exactly. Do you still do photography? Is that something that's still a hobby of yours? I mean, I l- still like always love taking pictures and videos of my friends. Like one of those people in the friend groups who loves taking pictures of everyone constantly, like every two seconds to the point that it might annoy my friends sometimes. <laughs> when they comes to like nature photography, I feel like 
I, I like that too. Just I never have that much time anymore to do it, but I really enjoyed yeah. it. How has your outlook on social media and life online affected your mental health? I think my mental health definitely got worse as I started social media. <laughs> I think that just probably came along with like figuring out who I was because before social media, I probably like kind of like was forcing myself to act a different way than I really was. Cause you know, like acting like everyone else's because you're worried about like being judged in your school or something like that. So obviously like when you're trying to figure out who you are, like you're going to get a little bit stressed about it and a little bit like anxious because you're like, who am I? You know, like that type of like self-realization thing, but mental health definitely was affected by a lot of the judgment that you also receive online, which even though I said like, Oh, it's like not real, but like it is real because seeing thousands or millions of people say something about you or like comment something mean about you will obviously affect your mental health. <laughs> like there's no way in saying you can't like everyone who says I don't let it affect me. It does affect people. And I think social media, like just like anything has goods and bads to it. It's definitely affected my mental health in good ways, but also bad ways, you know? Yeah. Bringing it back to what you said, like at the very beginning where you were having these massive highs and massive lows all the time. And mm -hmm. like, was that during that period where you were starting off social media? Like when was that? And like, what was going through your brain at that time? I think when I first started social media properly delve into it and just became like this person, like this completely different person than I was in real life because I was like chasing this idea of me and who I really was. And so I was like completely fine at the beginning and like getting rid of like this fake idea of it that I had in my head because I, when I first started, I had the idea that it's so amazing and so perfect and so great. And I would kind of like block out any of the bad stuff that would happen because of it. Maybe halfway or a year into it is when I like started realizing myself and I started not being um, clueless, you know, about it. And that's when I started realizing. Yeah. What are some of like the negatives and the bad things of social media and the online world for those who aren't necessarily like creators? What I'll say is like basically for non-creators as well, like in social media world and the online world, like there will be bad people who will use it for bad things. You know, people will like put up this fake, like amazing image of themselves online when in real life, they're not as great, you know, and they're just using it and will just like use social media to gain bad things. And so like that could be, happen to like even non-creators. Like there's people who like go online purposely trying to do bad things to other people. So, and that happens to creators as well. Obviously like the hate comments, which people see the online world is not a real world. So they think they can go on and like just say mean things about people because it's not real. Even if they wouldn't say it in real life, I feel like people see it as like an interactive movie, you know, like they're just interacting with characters. They're not interacting with real people. When in real life, they wouldn't do that. It'll make you lose a bit of your confidence online if you're like seeing people who you'd like to be like, yeah. but you can't, you know, it's like, it's like the typical the things comparison. that you hear about. Yeah. Like it's, it's so cliche, but like it really does affect your mental health, even if you don't realize it, you know? What's something that keeps you going and using social media? Is there something that excites you or like you love about it that you can do with it? There's negatives and positives to social media. And for me, there's... I think a million more positives because I don't, I've learned to like not let the negatives, I've learned how to deal with the negatives in a way so that I can enjoy the positives. You know, what drives me to keep using it is that like, it's just 
fun, you know, <laughs> it's like a fun way I can like show myself online. And like, I'm a really like creative person. I think I love coming up with like ideas and little stories. I'm also a very impatient person. So I, when I have these ideas, I don't want to just like write them down. I want to like do them instantly, which is why I like something like TikTok is like so good. It means I can instantly go and make my idea within like five minutes and then have it ready. I think that's what keeps me doing it, social media, because it gives me just like an outlet for my mind, you know? How do you spend your time online? Most of the time it's like, I've started like looking at the online world, just normal everyday life so that I don't even think about what I'm doing online. But I think I like looking at it for inspiration mostly. Is it weird to think about your journey? Do you ever sit down and sort of reflect on how far you've come or like the community you've built? I'm sure you guys would look at yourselves from like two years ago and be like, wow, I am very, like, I did not think I would be doing this right now and, or anything really. It's like, I feel like that comes normal with growing with life in general. Sure. But I think when I started, I kind of knew what I wanted to end up doing, but I didn't think out of all the things that would happen, I would end up in this position, you know? It is sort of weird to think about, isn't it? Even I think about a few years ago, like I'd be stoked to be where I'm at right now, yet sometimes it can feel like, okay, what's the next thing? You know, it's hard to sometimes be truly like, yeah, appreciate how far you've come. Yeah. No, I think it's really important to just take it everything day by day and like not try and always plan so far ahead. Like it's important to have goals and to have those things. But I think it's also important to like appreciate what we have now because you never know where that would be like taken away from us or whether life will change straight away. Like we just need to be appreciative of everything that's going on in our life from a day-to-day basis. Yeah, be appreciative, I think, and take any opportunities that come because I feel like a lot of people like staying comfortable in the position they're in because they're worried about taking another opportunity. Whenever something comes along that you think is good for you, don't like hesitate and go for it, you know? Yeah, exactly. When you're reflecting on your whole journey and like the ups and downs, when has been the lowest point in your life so far and how did you deal with that if you're comfortable answering that question? I mean, lowest point was probably when I became like, extremely depressed because of a massive amount of hate I was getting online so much to the point like I think there were videos with with, like millions of views and millions of likes just being mean to me that was obviously something hard to deal with it was also to the point that made me realize more like what happens online can like affect your real life hate online was like transitioning into my real life to the point that if I wanted to walk my dogs someone would be like throwing something at me or people would be shouting things at me or people would be sending things to my house and stuff like that. I would like look at the online hate as like something that isn't real, but it made me realize, okay, well, it can become real. You know, I got out of it because I was like, I don't like this. Like, I don't like sitting in bed all day. And like, it took so much effort to like get out of bed and start doing stuff. I had this like help from speaking to like people and they're like, you just have to start with something small, like brushing your teeth, you know? I started first by just talking to one of my close friends who were like always there for me, you know, having like a normal conversations with my friends, you know, to get myself in a good mindset. After speaking with them and realizing like, I can't just stay in bed all forever. Like this is not, (laughs) this is not okay. Started with small things like brushing my teeth, showering, getting out of bed, doing exercise, small things to like be healthy as like 
every person does. Oh, eating. Yeah, I've like started eating properly again. And then like once you're like starting, start doing like the normal like human stuff that you need to live, you start feeling a lot better and start feeling more motivated to like fix what's going on in your life, you know? How was your journey finding a therapist? Because in some respects, I don't know how many therapists would have their clients be known on the internet or have that you know, level of, I guess, attention. How was that process for you? I went through like maybe like nine therapists and <sighs> it was like so confusing because like I would try to talk to them about something and they would just not know what I'm talking about or not understand because they were all like really like old therapists, which are good. Yeah. Just like they don't know anything about social the digital media. Age. Yeah. They're and they're at the time of like emails and like just getting TV. I found like a therapist who was on TikTok who like had a TikTok account and I was like message him. I was like, okay, you have TikTok. I have TikTok. Let's let's see if this works. It didn't work either. I was like what? I was so confused. And then I finally like found someone. They were actually like were able to like properly help me. And it's like, because I think what I was mainly looking for was someone that I could like talk to more, a friend who understood everything, you know? Me, I was fortunate on my first one, I found a great therapist. Yeah. So what kept you inspired during those times? Okay. I'm going to be honest. I was not inspired. I was like, after each one, I was like, there's no hope. I will never find someone. Like I should just give up. Maybe in between each therapist, I'd have like, maybe like a couple weeks and then someone would be like, okay, Benji, but you need to talk to someone. Like you're not, you're obviously not okay. Like this is not okay. Yeah. Which is also kind of like hypocritical of me because I've said online, it's super important to talk to therapists True. Which I tried, which I was trying at the time. And I'm like, guys, I'm trying. But eventually I did, you know. Did traveling help at all? I, I think it did a lot because it also helped me find like really good friends. I like found friends who would be there for me always, no matter what. Because in the past, I just stayed comfortable with like the same group of friends. I still have a lot of friends from before social media who are always there for me. At first, I made a bunch of friends through social media who weren't good for me because a lot like I said a lot of people just try to find something from you you know after traveling I was able to find some real friends who were like there for me because they wanted to be with me you know not just for something else you know how did you go about filtering through the bad people to get to the people who were genuinely good for you okay at first I was like how are people having fake friends online like all my friends are so great for me and so nice that was just me being blinded by everything. Like I said, I was ignoring all the bad signs. What instantly showed me that like they weren't good friends for me is like when you start receiving like hate online, they will be out of there in like two seconds. They don't want, they don't care. Like they won't be there for you. So that was like one quick way to get rid of those friends. It's <laughs> like getting hate online. Then I started realizing like the other friends who were still there, but like were obviously not good for me. You could like tell because I think a real friend, you're supposed to be happy with them, obviously. There's friendships where you just feel stressed being that person's friend. And like, that's not okay. I would a lot of times just stay in those friendships either way. But I started realizing why should I have stressful friendships? And so I started like filtering out in that way, in the sense to the point where I finally like have a group of friends that I'm just completely comfortable around and happy, you know? Were people from school supportive of your social media stuff? 
my friends from school were a hundred percent. They were like some of the most supportive people ever and were always wanting to help me in any way they could. Obviously at school there's bullies and stuff and in my grade everyone was like super pretty much super nice. There was like some of the mean people. It was always the grades below me who would always just be bullying me. I don't know why. I would like walk into the library and they'd be like, Oh, you're so famous, can we have a picture of blah blah? My principal also like was really mean to me because of social media. But besides that, he kind of like put me on spot in front of the whole school once on like an assembly. He would, we were doing an assembly about being safe online. And he used me as an example. He was like, and Benji Kroll is an example of what not to do online. And I was like, what were you posting? Mountains? No, nothing. I was just. First trap. First trap. <laughs> I just, I just didn't have a private account, which is what he was saying you need to have. And it wasn't anything bad. I wasn't posting anything bad. I don't think I've ever posted anything bad. I don't know why. The WAP challenge. Oh my God. Bro, every post he posts is probably the first trap. Probably, he probably has a, a secret TikTok account that he uses and he just didn't want anyone to know. Exactly. Damn, it's so interesting. It's also pretty crazy the reaction that teachers can have. I feel like it either goes two ways. Yeah. I had a couple of teachers from high school because I started music when I was really young, like 15. That was so supportive. One of the teachers, when I would have to be calling my record label, would let me use their office. And I would just, this would be during school. And it was so nice to them. That was so good. And would let me leave classes to do that. And then others were like super like, you know, similar to your experience for mm-hmm. some. So it's so interesting, the reactions. I feel like we can continue to get better at like giving young people, I guess, more freedom when it comes to careers. You know, there's so much you can do now. Like, look at you. Yeah. And that's not a career path or a career plan, you know, that the career counselor would recommend. (laughs) Just being respectful of the things that people enjoy doing, as long as they're following like their dreams and following like the things they're truly passionate about. And that's like the most important thing because you can be successful in like anything that you really love. You just have to be motivated to work in it. I went to a British system school and at my school they had, when I first went to it, because I was moving from an IB school, they were giving me the list of subjects I could take and one of the subjects was media and I never saw media as a subject you could study. So I asked like the principal who was there with me while I was deciding, I was like, whoa, what, what do you learn in media? And he was like, nothing, like it's not important, you shouldn't study that, go for like math, go for economics. Or so I was like, okay, I guess I won't go for media then. And then I went for economics, I think. I was okay at it, but like I wasn't happy doing it. So I decided one day, I'm like, I'm going to go see what they're doing in this media class that they told me is so bad. And I went and it was like so interesting to me because it was like everything I wanted to be learning about in school that and it gave me the opportunity to. And it was just the fact that the principal told me like, no, you shouldn't study that. Like, it's not important. That made me so mad. I was like, well, I'm going to go study this now. So I instantly went to my economics teacher. I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to media. And I went and started doing that. Man, sometimes just it's just one person, isn't it? And it can really affect the high school yeah. experience, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. I wanted to bring it back to social media for a second and ask you, Benji, how has social media given you the freedom to express yourself and your sexuality and you as a person? Number one, it gave me a place I could actually learn properly about sexuality and stuff like that and like see people of different sexualities like posting online because at school you can't learn that and everyone who was like not straight or of a different sexuality would 
kind of be pressured into not acting that way, you know? So it's kind of like you never could see what the different sexualities were. And like when they did teach it, it was always something like, so like, oh, hush hush or like funny to talk about, like not, nothing important at all. And the way they explained it was just like by a textbook, which is like not a way you should be learning about something so personal, you know? So I feel like the best way I was like able to come to terms with it and like figure myself out is like seeing people be completely themselves. And that was the best way for me to figure out who I was, you know? Yeah. When was the point when you felt comfortable sharing and talking about this? Was it when you would come to terms with it yourself and sat with it for Mm. a bit? Or was it as you were going through this process of finding yourself and being confident in that? I think properly being able to talk about it took a while. Like I was able to post online perfectly fine. But then in real life, I would pretend like that's not me. Like that's not me. Who who is that? that? That's not me posting. That's someone else. I think it honestly came when I came to terms with it and like was able to feel comfortable talking about it was when I think there was like this one TikToker who posted like a fake coming out video or something like that for attention. And then eventually was like, no, I'm straight. That's not true. And I was like, okay, well, that's not okay. So I went on a live stream and I tried to like talk about it. I was like, this is why that's not a good thing to joke about because it's hard for people to come to terms with it. And I started crying on the live stream. I was like, I couldn't even speak. I was like, you know, me figuring myself out. And then I was like, I've never talked about this before. And now I'm talking about it to thousands of people. And I just started crying on the live stream. You can like literally like find me crying online on YouTube. That like slapped me in the face and was like, okay, Benji, like this is who you are. And this is something that you shouldn't feel awkward talking about, you know? So I think that was when I ended up becoming comfortable was just finally actually talking about it. Wow, what a vulnerable moment and sort of beautiful to share. I mean, at least you have it documented. This was the point. It's kind of embarrassing. It was me trying to be all serious and like, guys, like this is something super important. And then it's just me being like, I had to come to terms with myself my whole life. And now I am crying on live stream. But I don't know. I think that'd be a really hard moment to share. And I've definitely never been put in that position to have to be so vulnerable online. How has your sexuality and this whole journey affected your mental health and identity? I think it left definitely left a lot of unresolved trauma uh, throughout my life because obviously I was like ignoring it. So it definitely affected my mental health in a way that I still sometimes think like, am I actually myself? And sexuality is such a weird thing. Like the different sexualities are just made up by us. We just put, decided to put names to them. But Labels. in reality... Yeah, they're just labels. Like, I don't like labels as much because I think you just like who you like. You know, you just like, if someone comes along and I like them, then yeah, I I like them. So I don't like looking at as me, like, with a label. But I like say, like, oh, I'm bi to, like, make it easier. But for a while, I was like, I need to label myself because I didn't know who I was. And, like, I need a label because I want to figure out who I am. That just will leave you constantly thinking, did I choose the right label? Am I the who I actually think You're I am? You're feeling a little trapped. Yeah. It just, I just decided, like, better just be you. Actually talking about it, yeah, I was, like, pretty freeing. I felt really way more comfortable and, like, with just, like, talking about it generally to people and online. So it was, like, finally, like, just saying it properly out loud was, like, a good way of, like, feeling, like you said, freeing. I think the thing that Harry and I talk about quite a bit on this podcast so far is 
there isn't a blueprint for growing up, right? Like mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. for all of our life, particularly when we leave high school, it's hard to know which path to take all the time, how we're meant to be in certain situations. Was there a time when you felt, oh, I have to be this way? You know, maybe I have to be straight or just you had to be a certain way for the world. And how did you sort of free yourself from that? Because I think from that, it could help a lot of people in a lot of situations free themselves from the pressures that we can feel as young kids growing up. Yeah, like you said, there's no blueprint, but everyone thinks there is a blueprint, you know? Everyone thinks there is something they have to follow along, but that's just because everyone has these expectations for themselves that are created by like what they see everyone else doing. Well, yeah, as growing up, I was like, oh, well, I have to be purely straight. And then when I like started liking a guy, I was like, okay, well, whatever, like I'll just deal with this. And like, I guess I'm by now. And then after I got out of that relationship with the guy, I was like, wait, but like, I don't know. I feel like I'm shit again. Like I don't like guys anymore. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, and then I was like, wait, now I, 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 I like guys again. So I'm like, just confused. I was still even confused after being in a relationship with both genders and everything. And I'm like, that's when I was like, you know, what? why should I care? Like, I'll give myself a label to people who need it. But then for myself, I know like who I am in general. So I shouldn't have to worry about that myself. If someone else needs to know, sure. But like, I know who I want to be and who I am. So I shouldn't like need to be stressing about that all the time, you know? Exactly. And it doesn't define you. Yeah, Not, exactly. not one thing defines us. Nothing defines... It only defines you if you let it define you. Just... Fact. You can like say you're a million things and people can say you're a million things, but it won't matter if you know that that's not true, you know? So it's just like being whatever you feel in the moment. You need more shepherds. I will say that. It is It is scary and difficult sometimes because whether it's career path, identity, sexuality, so on, so mm-hmm. on, there are standard paths that are walked in all of those things. And it can be scary to sort of take your own lane, whether it's starting your own business, et cetera. It is scary. And so that's why hopefully we can inspire people to do similar things to us, which is following your passion. I wanted to say and ask Benji, for those who are listening and kind of are going through experiences right now where they're trying to figure out their sexuality and figure out their identity and who they are, what advice would you give them? And then on the back end of that, what advice would you give the people who are supporting them and around them while they kind of embark on this journey to figure out who they are? When it comes to like figuring yourself out, you have to like keep yourself open. You have to keep yourself open to trying different things. And like, it's a long journey. It's not something you're going to figure out quickly. Like everyone thinks it's like that and you'll know who you are. No, you have to go and like, you have to figure things out with your whole life overall. What's most important isn't, like I said, to constrain yourself. Like if you feel like you're constraining yourself or stopping yourself, which you may like unconsciously be doing it, like let yourself be a little free. And if you want to try something, just go do it. It's like that with anything though. And when you're like trying to support someone, just let them know that you're comfortable with like the subject. A lot of friends who don't know how to deal with people figuring out their sexuality and stuff like that. They just need to create a good environment like that there is online, you know, because the reason like so many kids go to the online world and social media world to figure out themselves and to figure out their sexuality is because they don't feel comfortable like that in real life. So like give your friends or siblings or whatever that environment that they like find online in real life 
and just like be talking about these things generally in normal conversations and make it a part of everyday life because I feel like that's how you like let someone know like oh if I want to be myself it's already a safe environment to do so you know because how are they going to know it's a safe environment if you're not making it a part of the environment. I had a question actually I was thinking of when you were saying this they're two separate worlds yet sometimes social media and real life can merge a bit and I feel like that happens at least for me with my most immediate people around me, which is my parents and stuff, were they supporting you? Did they not see it at all? How did that go? At first, I kind of like just kept it hidden. <laughs> and I kind of just like didn't say anything to them. And then I just, since I was doing it full, like just being myself fully online anyways, it's like they're bound to find out about everything to do in my life. Yeah, they were like supportive. It was just like normal. My mom was obviously a bit pushy. She's like, what is going on? Like, what is this? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. It's always awkward, isn't it? It's always yeah, awkward. I was like, I was like uh. <laughs> Wow, the weather's nice out there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you kind of want to ignore it for a while because it's like your parents and your family is like awkward to talk about stuff like that. But once you talk about it, then it's like, like you said, it's like easy after that. It's like, Good. And they were pretty supportive. With having such a large audience online and kind of the online world mixing in with like real life, what's your craziest fan encounter? Okay, I think there's like the scary ones where people will like stalk you like and follow you and stuff like that. Those are the scary ones, which you try to like avoid, which are bound to happen if you end up having a huge following. But I remember the craziest one for me is there was like this family, I was like at this like event and this mom came up to me and she's like, hi, I'm a huge fan of you. I was like, oh, that's crazy. And I see she's wearing my merch. I'm like, that's so awesome. She told me like that her whole family drove down like six hours and they said, we're our whole family is like a fan of you. And that they were saying that they, they all watch like my YouTube videos while eating dinner together as like families and like, and the mom has a fan account for me and stuff like that. To me, that was like, crazy because i was like how does a whole family like me like so while they're eating like a lasagna or something yeah like, i don't know i can't i still can't process it families do that with movies yeah you're a movie yeah i was like how did- life is the movie right now man yeah I was, I was i was so confused and the fact the whole family was a fan and they drove like six hours i was like this is this is crazy it's special that's awesome man thank you benji appreciate it <laughs> No, thank you for having me. It was really fun, honestly. Love that. Amazing. Harry, how did you find that episode with Benji? Is there anything you took away that you wanted to know? I think the main thing I took away from that episode with Benji was friendships. And when you are going through these hard times or say people are against you and you're getting a lot of hate, you really see who your ride or dies are and who your real true friends are Mm -hmm. and the people who stick by you no matter what's going on. And I think that's a really important thing that I realized because we don't know who our true friends are until we experience things with them because we see how they react and we see how they treat us after different scenarios. And that's hard to gauge with picking who your friends are and picking the right people that are aligned with your values. But I think the most important thing when you are picking your friends is to find people who are like-minded and people who are passionate about similar things to you and people who have those same values and interests and life views. As a support network. And I think as well for to turn to them when you're going through struggles, whether it's with social media, with bullying, with 
you know, depression, anything like that, it's important to have the right support network around you. Yeah, I really enjoyed our episode. I think that it was really candid chat, even just the way we finished talking about the feelings we're working on. For me, I mentioned shame and that's a very specific feeling, but it's it's a lot easier to work through those types of things that you're going through when you have the right people around you to talk about them. So with that in mind, next week we have a guest from Canada. She is a really awesome creator and probably one of the biggest from Canada. So take a guess if you if you want to send your guesses through to us on our Instagram at Really Mental Podcast. Please make sure to give us a five-star review on the Really Mental Podcast, whatever app you're listening to it on, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, make sure you subscribe. And again, if you enjoyed this episode or you think it will help someone you know, please send it to them. I think it would be really cool for them to hear it as well. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And Really Mental family, we're going to be back next week. So we will see you then. Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. I just want to end this episode today, Will, by like talking directly to the audience saying like, if you guys are struggling, Will and I aren't like professionals in this field. We're just telling our experiences through stories and kind of just sharing what we've been through. But if you are really struggling, we do highly suggest going to see a therapist and professional help because they will be the ones that can really help you in your situation. Yeah, of course. Feel free to share your stories with us and DM us. We want to know what you're going through, but make sure you take the time to speak to a professional because that's going to give you the most help. That said, we hope that these stories and the people we've spoken to can really help you on your journey to finding that right person, whether it's a therapist or that friend to talk to about it. Make sure you take the time to do that.